this is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, October 9th, 2022. Welcome to The Way, R122 Ministry Live, The Way Radio Live. Uh, the title of today's message is The Unseen Reality. Uh, it's based on, it's based around Psalm 2, uh, the complete Psalm, Psalm 2 verses 1 through 12. Uh, it's a little bit different than the format that I usually use for sermons, but I think uh, the context that you'll see as we go through this today uh, really makes Psalm 2 uh, much more interesting than just looking at it through a, uh, I guess you could say a humanistic or a worldly context. So let's pray and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to gather on Sundays from different parts of the world and the country to uh, spend time in your word, uh, to fellowship, to learn of you. And Lord, I ask that you would bless this message today, that you would uh, bless us with a time of peace and calm as we hear it, that it would enable us to have a better understanding of world events and the things that are going on in the world around us, and that we would see things through the lens of scripture, through the lens of truth, and as you would have them have us see them rather than through a worldly tainted lens. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's begin by reading Psalm 2, which says, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear with rejo and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So the way this is different today is rather than preaching through Psalm 2 verse by verse, which is how I, I, I quite often preach, I want to frame it in the context of the following, in the context of the unseen reality. So just think of what we just heard of Psalm 2 and then sort of consider that as we go through this message today and the context of the unseen reality. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Looking to the things that are seen will help clarify and make sense of the things that are unseen. <laughs> Looking, Sorry. Looking to the things that are unseen will help us clarify and make sense of the things that are seen. To understand the unseen, we must look to the Bible as it reveals the unseen spiritual realm for us. In this life, 
a decision must be made. Will we live materialistically or spiritually? Will we seek fleeting worldly rewards, materialism, or eternal heavenly rewards that are spiritual? Because the spiritual realm is unseen, there has always been much speculation, theory, fantasy, and contradictory opinions about what that realm is like and what creatures may or may not exist within it. Ask yourself this question, why are the strange unseen spiritual events and strange creatures recorded throughout the scriptures mostly ignored? I've talked about this topic with many people who have been Christians for years, raised in the Christian church, and these are topics that are rarely, if ever, discussed. I asked a Christian the other day if he had, uh, knew anything about the divine counsel, and he said no, he'd never heard about it. Well, understanding that is one of the things that helps us to have a better understanding of what's taking place in the world around us, the powers in the unseen reality that are affecting the powers on the physical plane. So that's just one example of what I'm talking about. But I'm going to go through a list of verses here that seem very strange and speak of the spiritual realm just to give you a taste of what we may be missing when we don't take the time to research and try to find out what these verses are alluding to, what they're pointing to, and to trying to help us to understand this realm. Genesis 6, 4 says, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Exodus 12, 23 says, so, so Genesis 6, 4 is talking about, basically, the birth of giants, angelic beings uh, mating with human women, fallen angels mating with human women, and the offspring becoming the Nephilim, a uh, hybrid breed of giants that were known in the Bible as the men of renown. Exodus 12, 23 speaks, says, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. The destroyer, an angel God sent to carry out the destruction of the firstborn in Egypt. But those who were Jews were protected because of the blood post on the lintel that obviously represented the covering of blood that we are protected by because of Christ, that we believers are protected by. Psalm 78, 49, he let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. Again, we see the, the unseen realm having a profound, devastating effect on the scene. Deuteronomy 3.11, for only Gog, the God, only Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. Is it not in Rabbah of the Ammonites? Nine cubits was its length and four cubits its breadth, according to the common cubit. One cubit equals about 18 inches by nine. Uh, so the bed was about 13 and a half feet long. So it's referring to Og being of a Rephaim, which is a type of Nephilim, I believe. Uh, he was a giant. Second Samuel 21, 20. And there was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. And he was also descended from the giants. So many when, when you they hear this, it seems fantastical. 
person with six fingers, six toes, a giant, who knows how tall, did these things really exist? The Bible says that they did. Daniel 5, 5 through 6, immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. So we see literally a hand reaching out from the unseen spiritual realm and making a physical action, a writing on a physical wall in this realm. Second Kings 6, 15 through 17. When the servant, servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? They were surrounded. He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha and Elijah understood that they were protected by an angelic army and that the physical army that they were facing stood no chance against them. But what really interested me in this is uh, it's proven that the human eye only sees a small percentage of the light spectrum, can only see a certain percentage of what is actually visible throughout the entire light spectrum. And the human ear can only hear part of the sound spectrum. That's dogs have a different ability to hear, so they can hear things we can't hear. But the reason that fascinated me when you consider these, uh, these events that we're, that we're looking at here is that we tend to think that the spiritual realm sometimes may be something far away that we have to move to. It's up in the heavens. It's outside of the, the atmosphere of the world. But I believe what this is saying, with, where it says, open his eyes that he may see, it's showing that that spiritual realm, it's right here by us. It's right here within what we are experiencing. We just are blind and deaf to it until the Lord opens our eyes and our ears to begin experiencing it. That's a fascinating thing to consider. Luke one thirty five says, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. This is the announcement to Mary that she was going to bear the Messiah. Her son would be the promised Messiah. And an angel came out of the spiritual realm and, and uh, told her of this. Matthew 17, 2, 3, 3 says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So those who were with Christ witnessed Christ in a spiritual form, in his glorified form. And then Moses and Elijah, who had been dead for years and years and years, appearing from the spiritual realm and speaking with Christ. Again, the ability to see what is around us. Matthew 27, 50 through 54. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. 
And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. So there we see at the, at the death of Christ, when he was crucified, the spiritual realm just radically being manifested in the physical realm. Luke 24, 50 through 51. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and his when was carried up into heaven. Christ ascended into that realm. Acts 16, 25 and 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. We see the assistance of angels sent by God to help these men be freed from prison. Could it be that deception has caused the church to not speak more of the highly strange supernatural and spiritual happenings that are recorded all throughout the scriptures? The deception to focus on the material rather than the spiritual? Does it not make sense for the enemy of believers to try and take our focus off of the invisible spiritual realm or to confuse us about what it's really like? Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly places. They are the ones that are truly causing the, the havoc and the chaos in the world around us. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We cannot ignore the the reality, the unseen reality around us. First Thessalonians 5, 21 says, but test everything, hold fast, to what is good. We are commanded to test the spirits and to test everything. While this obviously refers to the importance of identifying false teachings, it seems we also must test the spirits behind the events that take place in the world. After witnessing what has transpired over the last couple of years, it seems obvious that many professing Christians are unaware of just how much evil is in this world and how much the unseen spiritual realm surrounds and influences what happens in this world. To truly understand the spiritual battle we are called to engage in, we must understand the spiritual realm. To understand the spiritual realm, we must understand it biblically from the perspective of the biblical writers, free from the filters of denominationalism, traditions, and creeds that have shaped the thoughts and belief of so much of Christianity. By infiltrating much of the church, the world has been successful at removing the supernatural perspective of the biblical writers and corrupting what they wrote through worldly rationalism, skepticism, and secular humanism. We have been desensitized and made mostly unaware of the unseen spiritual realm that surrounds us and its theological importance. How can we engage in a spiritual war if we are not aware of how the battle is carried out and who our enemies are in that battle? If we can strip away the years, we may get a glimpse into the way the biblical writers viewed the spiritual realm. How did those who penned the word of God in scripture view the spiritual realm that I've been speaking of? 
A worldly, evolutionistic, materialistic viewpoint requires either rejection of the spiritual realm or a false fabrica fabrication of the spiritual realm. In the last few years, we've seen what you could say is science above all. Never question science. Through the whole COVID hoax, we saw uh, the mainstream media constantly putting forth the, the, the scientific dogma and saying, this is what they've said. We do not question it. Science is truth. And then as it was shown to be false and mostly lies, they still adhered to that stance and people still believe it even going on three years of things that we were told to be true being proven as false and people still cling to those lies that science is above all and we should never question what we're told by scientists. The New Age movement, based on theories with little or no evidence. I got very involved in the New Age movement when I was lost in Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps years ago. Years ago. It's very common in that uh, those programs to be involved in the new age movements. And I can tell you after being totally entrenched in it, that everything, just about everything that it speaks of is just based on theories that people have thought up that really aren't based on any kind of historical fact or evidence. The charismatic and new apostolic reformation movements uh, in the modern so-called church, the spiritual is made into a circus in those movements. We see people claiming to be filled with the Holy Spirit, having convulsions, rolling around on the ground, uncontrolled laughter, obviously demonic activity, but it's labeled as being tuned in to the spirit realm. Apathy and resignation. This is one of the most common things that I've seen for years now in the modern church. Christians giving up amid confusion and false teachings. They have tried so long to try to find truth, but the church is not giving it to them. It's not preaching the gospel. It's not arming them with solid, uh, the rock of Christian doctrine that is Christ. And they get tired of wandering, taking the name of a Christian, but not truly understanding the gospel. So they just become apathetic and resigned to the ways of the world. That's happening a lot in the modern church. Biblical illiteracy. Too many years of the church neglecting the gospel and doctrine. So people do people who claim to be Christian don't even understand just basic foundational Christian doctrines. When I speak of the spiritual and the supernatural, I am not referring to the charismatic movement. Rather, I'm referring to the unseen spiritual realm that we learn about through Scripture. Again, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil. There is a hierarchy of power in the heavenly realm. Ephesians 1, 2, uh, 20 and 21 says, which he, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, a hierarchy. 
Ephesians 2 verses 1 and 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience. Consider all the lies and abuses by those in power over the last couple of years and the increasing tension between world powers that is happening right now in light of this verse, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience. We see it being acted out right before us in the world. The heavenly realm and hierarchy and the counsel of God. Think about this. Genesis 11, 1 through 9 says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be, be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they shall have, and they shall all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will, not, will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth there. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So the Lord dispersed peoples all over the earth at this point. Now look at Deuteronomy 32, 8 through 9. When the Most High gave to the nations, he dispersed these nations, their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. So we see that these nations were put under the control of these sons of God, these angelic beings. And it's referring to the angels that rebelled and turned against God when Satan fell. Take it further, Psalm 82, verse 1, and then verses 6 through 8. A psalm of Asaph, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. I said, you are gods, son of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. So it's telling us that these beings that were put in control of the nations in rebelling against God, were leading the nations astray. And so he, con he condemned them to eternal judgment. This gives us a picture of the background of the spiritual war that is influencing the events of this planet. Look at Daniel 10, 12 through 13, and then verse 20, and you see this actually, this, this battle between good and evil being carried out. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? 
But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. We see here an image of the hierarchy and the battles that have happened and are happening in the unseen realm all around us. Just think of world events and look at the way certain countries have behaved down through history and just consider that they are being influenced and ruled through rebellious heavenly creatures or divine creatures, supernatural beings, fallen angelic beings. Think of countries like Iran, the evil that has always existed there since the time it was Persia. And now it's always been like that. It's fascinating when you start thinking of world events in this context. So how do awareness and biblical understanding of the unseen spiritual realm affect the message of the gospel and the spiritual condition of believers? 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says, For this light momentary affliction is pre preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The only way to understand and make sense of what we see in this physical world is to look to the things that have happened and are happening in the unseen reality of the spiritual realm surrounding us. Now consider Psalm 2 in the context of the unseen reality of the spiritual realm and war between the Lord and the powers of darkness taking place in that realm. So now I'm going to read Psalm 2 again and just think about all that we've just all the examples we have in scripture of what rulers truly are, what's really influencing and controlling this world. And now look at how much different or consider how much differently Psalm 2 sounds when we read it after what we've just heard. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. My opinion is when it's referring to the kings of the earth, it's talking about actual world leaders and the rulers, I believe, is referring to the ones that are ruling them from the spiritual realm. They take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Those creatures, those beings that are influencing world events know that they are condemned and set for destruction on the final day. And they want to burst those bonds away from them. They want to be freed from the, the wrath of God. Let us burst our bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So he's saying he is the one that will rule everything. You are nothing compared to him. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, this psalm was written before the crucifixion. Did those evil forces 
and rejoice in the son? Did they obey him? Did they kiss the son? No. They tried to destroy him because they knew that he was the victory and their final destruction because of their rebellion. And we have to make that same decision. Will we kiss the son and embrace him? Or we will, will we follow the ways of this world, which are totally controlled and under the influence of evil, demonic forces? It's a very important question to consider, especially in these times when we see so many crazy things taking place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today. Uh, I pray that everybody that hears this message would have their eyes and their ears opened uh, for a greater spiritual understanding, that we would see things that others can't see, that we can hear things that others can't hear, that we can comprehend things that those of the world can't comprehend, that you would expand our minds and our spirits and our souls and fill us with a greater understanding and a wisdom of you and your knowledge and your word and your truth. And we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you guys get a chance, uh, please check out. I'm trying to share my screen here. There we go. Sorry. Please check out elephantwalk.net or go to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash elephantwalk incorporated and check out our store there. You can also go to Etsy and check out Doc and Whalen Original, all run together. That's our new store that we have set up on Etsy. Uh, at the Elephant Walk stores, if you type in the way, all lowercase, uh, either at elephantwalk.net or the Etsy shop, you receive 10% off. Also, please take a minute to visit our website. I'm in the process. I'm going to try to get all my sermons that I've ever preached for the last eight or nine years organized and categorized on the website. It's probably going to take me six months or so to do that. I'm very limited on time, but it's something I feel I need to do. Um, but you can access uh, the, the podcast, Rumble, the older sermons on YouTube through the website. And the website is at thewayr122.org. There's also a lot of articles on there. You can subscribe to the podcast. My sermons are usually released the following week. Sometimes I get a bit behind, but I try to publish a sermon once a week around Wednesday. And you can find the podcast by going to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Just search for The Way Radio in the search field. You can find the videos of sermons on Rumble at The Way R122. And that's every sermon since June of 2021. Anything before that is from uh, is on YouTube. And that's found at The Way Ministry Church. I'm received two notices in the last couple of weeks that my material has been, certain sermons have been kicked off of YouTube because they didn't like what I said. As we know, freedom of speech is very going away quite quickly if we don't do something about it. Maybe I'll share those messages, messages, messages with you in the next couple of weeks so you can see what you receive from them when you get kicked off. Um, we definitely need more support. There's so much more that I could be doing in ministry if the ministry had more financial support and stability. Uh, it's always a problem with gospel ministries. We seem to be the ones that always struggle financially. So if you could, please consider supporting the ministry and you can do so by donating. Uh, you can just go to the wayr122.org and go into the donate page. Um, I'm really praying about 
returning to Kenya on my next trip next year sometime. I want to be able to send them more support, more teaching materials to my friends and pastors there. They're very much in need right now. The COVID hoax really did a job on Kenya. Now they're dealing with famine conditions and a lot of issues with, with food shortages and incredibly high unemployment. So we want to be able to help them all we can as well. So please consider supporting the ministry. All right. Thank you for watching today. We will be back here uh, next Sunday, God willing, same time, same place. And until then, God bless you guys. Take care.